Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Yisro. What a parsha! According to the Chinuch, Parshas Yisro contains 17 mitzvos, 3 positive, and 14 restrictions. But let's understand something. What you have in Parshas Yisro is probably the greatest singular moment in world history. And if you want, you can debate this at your Shabbos table tonight. But I'm going to say that what happened at Sinai, what happened at Sinai was not like other religions that claim that God spoke to their prophet. Maybe yes, maybe no. But what happened at Sinai was something that no other people have ever claimed, and that is that Hashem communicated, Hashem granted prophecy to not just one man, Moshe Rabbeinu, but to an entire nation, to several million souls. And this is so important as a result of this, as we find in chapter 19, the chapter before Aseris Adibros, we find that Hashem says to Moshe, as a result of this experience, Vigam Yaminu Olam, the entire Jewish nation will forever believe in you, Moshe, because each father told his children that were born later into the desert, they all said the same thing. And just as our children, who were not born at the time of 9-11, but they hear from their parents who experienced 9-11, and each father tells his child the same thing, and therefore the children believe their fathers that there was a 9-11 Similarly, we have the entire nation giving over the exact same details. And so, Torah, Min HaShamayim, that Torah is literally from heaven, is something which is an integral part of our being, of our nation, based upon this week's parsha, We're all familiar with the Aseris Hadibros, the Ten Commandments, and I'd like to focus this morning for a few moments on the Tenth Commandment. Lo Sachmud, thou shalt not covered. You shall not desire that which is not yours. Wait a minute. How can the Torah command such a incredible law? And I'd like to explain it in accordance with the way the Rikanti does, and that is to look upon Numbers 1 and Numbers 10 of the Aseris Hadibros as kinds of bookends. What does that mean? The first 
of the Ten Commandments is Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I am your God, Asher Otsisicha Me'eretz Mitzrayim, who took you out of the land of Egypt. Now watch. This is in first person. Asher Hotseisicha, who took you out. There was, as we know, a personalized Yitzias Mitzrayim. Last week, when the Torah says that the Jewish people saw Egypt dead by the seashore, it was not simply that they saw the Ofan Klali. In a general way, they saw the Egyptian people dead, but rather each individual Jew who had been a slave in Egypt, who had been persecuted by a specific Egyptian, that Jew saw that Egyptian, his former master, washed up onto the shore. That was a personal deliverance from God showing that individual, the former slave, that that aspect of his life was completely behind him. He is starting a new life as of that moment. Again, personalized. So what is the first commandment? Not only to believe in the historical past that Hashem liberated us, took us out of Egypt. Beyond that, what is the first of the 13 basic principles of our faith as codified by the Rambam in his 13 Anima Amin? So the first one is that He, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that God is the Bore, He is the Creator, and He is the Bore, he creates Umanhig. He is the one who literally uh, not just designs, but moves the primal mover for that which is going on throughout the world for all creatures. He alone, Osa Ose Viyase, he alone is involved in the personal destiny the life, the happenings of Chol HaMaasim, of each and every individual. And therefore, what we are saying is that how can the Torah ordain, legislate, that you're not to covet that which belongs to the next one? The answer is because Hashem knows what you need in this world. Each and every individual has a personal tafkid, a role in this world, a mission in this world, and he gives each person what they need for the fulfillment of that mission. Some need more assets, some need less assets, for certain individuals, having more money is not going to be beneficial for them. It would only make their life that much more difficult.
difficult, challenging. How do I know this? I know this from the first commandment of Anochi. Anochi says, I am personally involved in your life and I give you what you need and what you don't need I don't give you and therefore as the Chafetz Chaim was one to say when he asked somebody how they were doing and the person said all right but Parnasa Ken Zayn Besser which means in simple English that my livelihood could be better, said the Chafetz Chaim. How do you know that it could be better? Maybe just the opposite. The way it is, that is the way it's supposed to be, because he is the one who is in charge. And therefore, I can appreciate and understand the Tenth Commandment because it goes together with the First. And just as there's a rule of brachos, that the chasima, the end of a bracha, follows the theme of the psicha, of the beginning of the brachos, so too here, regarding the aseres hadibros, the last commandment, losachmod, goes together with the first commandment of onochi. And indeed, the Gemara at the end of makos, tells us that Chavakuk, the Navi, came, and he said that the primary principle of the Torah is Tzadik Be'emunoso Yechia, literally, that the righteous individual lives by faith. The demonstration of one's faith is whether or not one violates losachmod, one who has emuna. If one believes in God, then there is no room for losachmod. There is no room for coveting that which belongs to the next one. And so, in reality, the Talmud in Sota, Davtes Amaralev, nine a spilling over to Tess Ahmed Bain's 9b, says something very powerfully, beginning with the Sota, the suspected adulteress, says the Talmud, she set her eyes upon that which was not fit for her, namely, another man. She's married to one man. She sets her eyes upon the other man. And so what happens to her? What she wanted is not given to her because she becomes prohibited to the adulterer. Even should she become divorced or widowed, says Rashi, and that which she had, namely her husband, is taken away from her. And so the idea is that coveting does not pay off. And therefore, says the Talmud, and the Talmud makes a list that this is what happened to, number one, the story of the Nochash Hakadmoni, the serpent in chapter 3 of Beratius, 
one of the one of the many lessons that are derived thereof is same with him. He set his eyes upon that which was not fit for him. Namely, he wanted Chava for himself. Once again, that which he wanted wasn't given to him. And that which he had, he was at that time literally the um, head of all the animals that was taken away from him as well. And then the Gemara goes on to list no less than ten other examples of this principle. We had it first. It's not simply that crime doesn't pay, but coveting doesn't pay. And the Talmud lists Kayin, Korach, Bilam, Doeg, Achitofel, Gechazi, Avshalom, Adoniyahu, Uziyahu, and Haman tops the list of the ten. All of these have that common factor, namely, Nasnu Einehem, Bemash Eino Roilahem, they set their eyes upon something which was not fit for them, and Makshibikshu Lonitan Lehem. What they wanted was not given to him, and Umashibiyadam Natsluamahem, and what was in their possession already was taken from them. So it's quite clear that it's not simply that he runs the world and he gives each individual what they need, when they need, for what purpose they need, and therefore I cannot covet, but the consequence of one's coveting we see is so detrimental because unfortunately Avera Goreres Avera one sin tragically leads to another and therefore what emerges as we take a step back is that a person who believes in the Aseris Hadibros has Simchas Hachayim, believes Ashrenu Matov Chelkenu. Why? Because if I need it, I have it. And if I don't need it, I don't. And that is, after all, his Ratzon. Shabbat Shalom to all.